Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. And uh, we, we, we celebrate and remember many people that have given their lives um, for human rights in our nation and across the world. Um, and uh, it's a really a precious time. But at the same time, you know, I'm always, you know, you know just two weeks ago or so, we spoke about another um, a, a amazing right that Jesus paid for for us with his life. Um, and we're just going to chat about that in a moment. But just to read a quote from John Piper, he says, just a reminder on, on World Human Rights Day, this is a couple of years ago, he says, there's no such thing in relation to God, only in relation to men. Uh, so he's saying that in, term, in our relationship with God, there, there's no such thing as human rights. But in, in our relationship with people, there is definitely. Um, but... Um, yeah, in fact, when it comes to following Christ, there's a lot that the Scripture says about us having to lay things down and rights, laying rights down and laying a lot of things down in as we come to follow Him. So that's obviously not so popular <laughs> in terms of uh, what's politically correct and what's popular. But um, I want to just read a couple of verses around that. Uh, firstly, Luke chapter 9 from 23 says, And he said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Who, whoever would save his life would lose it, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses or forfeits himself? And he goes on, well, Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 1. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Just that picture of us laying everything down for him. And then even when in our death, it is a gain as we, we go to him. Philippians 3.8 continues. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I, I may gain Christ. Everything else, all our rights, all our privileges. And uh, just to think about the context that Paul speaks from in having, having been you know, well-educated guy, set up for a very successful life. Um, politically, you know, education-wise. And then he says, I count all of this as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Saying there's nothing worth more. There's nothing they would rather hang on to in exchange for the, the knowledge of Christ himself. And uh, if you remember two weeks ago, we spoke about that. We spoke about... You know, what is our most precious possession? What is our most expensive possession? And we spoke about the fact that Jesus paid this, the highest price for this right for us, this access that we have to the Father. He paid with his life that you and I may 
may be able to enter into his presence, that you and I may again have a relationship with him. He paid the high price. And so we count that thing as one of the, the most precious thing that we have is this access to the Father, this right, this, this ability to have a relationship with him again. And, and just kind of following on in that also, I want us to read from uh, John chapter 1, verse 10. You know, we, we're celebrating and we're remembering all these guys that, that did so much for human rights and for, you know, different kinds of rights in different countries and so many that, that, that wrestled and fought so hard and that paid with their lives that Jesus paid this highest price for this ultimate gift, this ultimate right that we have. That's not one of mine. If it sounds like one of yours. <laughs> In any case, it's funny how you re recognize the, uh, your... <laughs> Shame. In any case, Emily has this thing, just to interrupt myself properly now. Uh, she has this thing that... W she used to have little clipsies in the night, right? So she didn't make it to the bathroom. But we're sorting that out now. She actually is able to now, she goes on her own in the middle of the night somewhere. She, just, she goes to the loo, which is amazing, and we're really proud of her. But then she comes and she wakes me up after she's gone to the bathroom so that I can pray for her again because now she's going to sleep again. So now I, I, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm so proud of you, Emily. You know, you, you're doing this thing. You're getting up and you're going to the loo and everything. But Jesus still remembers those prayers. I promise you, you know, he, he's still got you. He's got your back. That prayer is valid until you get up in the morning, you know, even in the same. <laughs> Shame, but she, I think she's getting it now. She says, okay, then if I need to, I can just pray for myself. I said, yes, that's, that's amazing. Some nights I just lie there and I, do, she, I just put my hand like on her head. I said, no, I'm not coming to your bed now. I'll just pray for you right here. Any guys. But um, she's, at least she's keen on prayer. I mean, that's a blessing. So <clears throat> Jesus has paid this high price. The ultimate price. He gave his life so that we are able to have this privilege. He's bought this most amazing privilege for us. First John, uh, John chapter 1 10. <laughs> he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Excuse me. But then he says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Some translations say it in the present tense. They're saying that to all who receive him, present tense, to all who believe in his name, he, he gave the right to become children of God. As we're talking about human rights, I'd say this is a great one to talk about, the right to become children of God. And on the one hand, one might think, isn't that something we are born with? Um, and actually in creation, God created man for us to have that relationship with him. He created man for us to have that intimate relationship for him 
as a father, you know, to have an intimate relationship with us as children. But then the fall of man happened, and we surrendered that right. We gave up that right. Adam and Eve, in, you know, as in, in our rebellion against God, that relationship was, was broken up, and that intimacy that we had with it, that was there with the Father was no longer there. So now, he's, now we had this massive chasm between us and the Father. But through Christ, God has again opened the way for you and I to access this right. And then it says here, for all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. So, Yes, we did. We, we, we were created for this relationship. Then it was messed up, but now through Christ again, there is this right that we have. But now he quantifies that, right? This is important. He says, for those who receive him and for those who believe in him, in his name. So I'm just going to have a quickly look at a couple of things. I'm going to be quite brief. But what is it? How do we receive Christ? How do we receive him? Um... How does that look practically? I'm just going to mention a couple of things. You know, as, as He comes into our lives as Savior, we receive Him, we receive and we welcome His salvation. As He comes into our lives as leader, we receive Him and we welcome His leadership. As He comes into our lives as provider, we welcome His provision. As He comes as counselor, we welcome His counsel. The problem is, guys, um, we, we tend to like to, to receive Christ almost as a, is a, we want to live with you know, Him in our lives as a peaceful coexistence with Christ. You know that neighbor, you know, we, we've uh, had some friends, um, they're not here this morning, but <laughs> we have had some issues with their neighbors and... Um, it's, it's like that peaceful neighbor. There's, everything is peaceful until, you know, something they're doing or something you're doing is, is, you know, bugging each other until the music is too loud and too long and too, too late. And sometimes we treat Christ like that. We say, okay, well, we're living in this peaceful coexistence with Jesus and, until it's no longer comfortable, until it's no longer, no longer convenient, right? That's unfortunately the human nature. So how... How does it, what does it look like when we receive Him into these areas of our lives, into our lives as a whole for who He actually is? Not for only for who He is when we're comfortable with it, when we're convenient with it. He goes on to this list. He says, if He comes to you as protector, you welcome His protection. When He comes to you as authority over everything, we welcome His authority. We receive His authority. We yield to His authority. If He comes to us as, our, as King of Kings, we welcome His rule in our lives. That is what receiving Christ means. There, there can't be a, a sort of, okay, this is only on my, this is not on my terms. Do you see this? Um, the, in the fallen society we live in, the fallen world we live in, there's, there's often this thing of, what can I get out of this? What can I gain from this? So we approach situations like that. We think, I'm, I'm going to allow, or we don't necessarily think that, we, often, we act like this. I'm going to allow the Lordship of Christ until that place where it's, uh, and, and to the point where it's convenient and, and, and comfortable for me. 
And this has really challenged me. Um, even that we see this in the scripture, this is not a new thing, okay? <laughs> we see this in scripture. I'm going to read a little bit from Luke chapter 4. This is just when Jesus was starting his ministry. He'd been in the, he'd been in the wilderness, and you know he'd been tested by the devil. Just after he received the power, of, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then he he started preaching. He started ministering in in, Gal, in Galilee, and uh, and there was good reports going around. It's amazing stuff that was happening, and then Luke twenty. 422 and he comes to to um the area we actually grew up in right and and it says he all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth and they said is this not joseph's son in other words they recognize him he grew up in their midst this was a local guy and they marveled at the gracious words and they spoke well of him and everything looked very rosy and then jesus <laughs> says some very unpopular things. Then he says some very challenging things, literally just the next next verses. And suddenly that just completely changes. This thing of, wow, this guy is amazing. He's a local guy. We're proud of him. We're going to put it on Facebook. I'm, this guy is, a, you know, I, I know this guy from when I was young, and now he's famous type of scenario. All of that changes in, the, in somewhere in an instant. In verse 28, when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. They rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. How's that for change of mind? Eh? <laughs> Just a couple of verses before, they were spoke speaking well. They marveled at his gracious words. And suddenly now, this is uncomfortable now, because now he's saying things that are not so nice. And now he's saying things that are not popular, not politically correct. So let's just chuck him down the cliff. Um, and how crazy is it that that is the heart of man? That is our fallen nature. That as long as I'm agreeing with this situation, that's all fine. But the moment I'm not happy and I'm not comfortable, and the moment I'm not agreeing, then there's a problem. I, I have a friend, I haven't seen him in many years, but uh, used to say, you know, when you read scripture and he comes to a point where he sees that he disagrees with God, that's a problem, right? So sometimes he realizes, well, I disagree with God on this point. And then he says, then he repents and he repents and he repents until he finds himself in agreement with scripture. Because he realized that early on in his walk with Christ, he, God's not going to change. <laughs> so he's going to have to do the changing. So he, he repents, and then once he agrees with God about something, then he'd say, then he can argue with anybody because then he, he knows he's right. You know, <laughs> he can agree with God. But how often do we find ourselves where we don't agree with Scripture, and it's so hard for us to make to realize I'm going to have to be the one who changes. I'm going to have to be the one that bows before the Lordship of Christ in this very area. So while his words were pleasing, his local people were, were willing to receive him, and they were happy to receive him, and they were happy to celebrate him. But the moment that pride was triggered, the moment that things got uncomfortable, they were no longer happy with the situation. Okay. Matthew 10, um, 
see a similar thing happening. But the context is, as Jesus was speaking about how we need to put relationship with God, relationship with the Father and with Him above any other important relationships in our lives. So there was a really tough section there. And then verse 38, he says, Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he's my disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So there's this powerful, again, this dynamic of what it means to receive somebody for who they really are. And here we know we can spend some time around this thing about receiving a prophet and receiving a righteous man, the the whole concept of receiving a blessing from the Lord in the shape of a person. (laughs) To honor the person and honor the blessing that is in them because of the, the God that is giving the blessing. I mean, I've noticed this even, um, it's, it's sometimes tough in marriage because we, we see each other's flaws, we see each other's um, shortcomings. But we were just chatting about it yesterday about, with friends that if we are able to see and receive even our spouse, especially our spouse and our, and our family, and I see it with our children as well, for the blessing and the, the powerful manifestation of the grace of God <laughs> that they are in our lives, for that gift that God has given, that's is such a powerful dynamic in that. Um, Ultimately, even beyond all of that, beyond us receiving one another, receiving the gift that God has put in each other, how do we receive Christ in those difficult areas in our lives? How do we keep on receiving Him as Lord? How do we keep on receiving Him as Savior, as Lord, as provider, even when it's not comfortable, even when it's not um, politically correct? When he, when he comes as our leader, and then there's a saying um, that the last thing that gets saved is your wallet. You know that? People say that. <laughs> so one of the toughest things that it, for us sometimes to follow Christ in is when it comes to finances. And um, another thing when I was praying through this, Lord, is, is relationships. You know, and I, I felt actually, I want to pray with this with with some people at the end, but I felt that for some of us, and there's been, Lord's been, you know, I've been wrestling with God with some of these things around finances. You know, how many of us have, have, have in our early walk with God, have been able to trust Him with the difficult things when it comes around provision, when it comes to finances? And then the Lord said, it's, it's as if over the years that with challenging situations have, have arisen, that we've almost subtly and without realizing we've stepped back and we're no longer trusting God. We're no longer receiving Him as ultimate King and Lord in that area of our lives, if that makes any sense. It's as if we, 
there were tough situations and tough decisions to make in terms of honoring God and finances, in terms of being obedient to God and finances. And it's as if we just kind of, okay, just stepping back a bit. And when you look again, you, you, you realize that God is no longer Lord in this area of my life. And if He's not Lord at, over everything, He's really Lord at all. <clears throat> and I really, and I, another thing I felt in my heart that this. Some of us similarly in our relationships, um, whether it be in a dating relationship or in, in a marriage relationship or whatever kind of relationship, we, we start off saying, Lord, I want to honor you in this thing and, and we want to really glorify your name in it. And then the, then the tough situation comes and then I think, oh, it's financially on so many levels, it makes sense for us. Although we're dating, it makes sense for us to move in together and then... <laughs> Suddenly it becomes really tough to honor God and to, to really serve Him and to really honor Him in this relationship. If He comes as our authority, and that another challenging thing there is that he, he says that there's no authority that is not of Him. Now whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our current government situation and there's so many times when we're pressed to to say do i really believe am i really willing to trust god that he is appointing authority over my life how do we receive him as lord how do we receive him as king how do we receive christ into every part of our lives but i believe that the this morning is not about the the bad news that we have lost that right, but I believe there's a, a fresh invitation for us to say, Lord, I, I receive you as king. I, I, I want to grab hold of this right. I want to claim my right to be a child of God, to the full. Everything that it encompasses, I want to grab a hold of this blessing of receiving Christ and believing in his name. So that's the second part of the premise. He says that for those that have believed in his name, that those that are believing in his name, he is given the right to become children. He's given the right to become children of God. Amen. What does it mean? And, and it's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> it says specifically uh, believing in his name. And often you see in Scripture, you see that for those that have believed in his name, believing in the name of Jesus. Um, and just to clarify that, it kind of specifically mentions the his name, you know, in terms of the stature and dignity, the authority of the name of Jesus. But when it comes to putting our faith in Him, putting our trust in Him, it's interchangeable. But saying I believe in Christ and I believe in the name of Christ, it's, in Scripture, it, it basically means the same thing. But to believe in Him means that I'm choosing to put my faith and my trust in Him alone. Where before I may have put my faith and my trust in many different things, I now choose to put my faith and my trust in Him alone. I choose to lean on Him alone. I choose to, uh, I choose to, to remove my trust from other things. Does that make sense? I, I choose to say, I'm not trusting this anymore. I'm now trusting in Jesus in this area of my life. I'm no longer putting my trust in in this thing that I used to hope in, this thing that I used to have faith in, I'm not, actually, I'm looking away from that thing now, and I'm looking to Him. I'm putting my faith in Him. Maybe, again, in the area of finances, I remember years ago, somebody, a friend saying something which, 
which we had a chuckle at, but it really just pointed at something that's in all of our hearts often. And she said she's really putting her faith out for the Lord. At that point, it was for God to provide for her to have put on new tires on her car. Any case, first world problems. But the, so she was um, trusting the Lord for that. And then she said, yeah, but if, if the Lord doesn't come through, she, she will just put it on the credit card. You know? <laughs> so I thought, yeah. Yeah, that's often how we think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God and I, I'm putting my faith out for, for something, for provision. But if it, you know, it doesn't work out, I'll just, I'll, I've got a plan B. Um, and I really believe when, when the Lord says about us believing in Him and putting our faith in Him, it means that that plan B and plan C is no longer applicable. That's a tough one. I don't know about you. If there's a plan that's among us. You know, we've got a plan A, but often we do have we do have contingency plans, don't we? Um, I believe there's a place, and I'm not saying God says we shouldn't plan, but I'm saying that when it comes to the bottom line, when it comes to a core of where we put our trust, that we don't have backups anymore, that we believe in Him. Amen. That we put our trust in Him alone. We put our faith in Him alone. For those that receive Him, for those that believe in His name, He has given the right. The right that nobody can take away from you. The right that nobody can, in whichever circumstance you find yourself in, whichever country yourself you, you find yourself in, this right to be, be a children, to be a child of God, no one can take away. Amen. just want us to take a moment to pray. Um, so if you come, yeah, let's stand where we are. If you're able to stand where you are, and then we'll just take a moment to just bring this before the Lord. I believe, we're, we're just going to pray now, but I believe the Lord has been saying that there, there are some of us that have, even if it's just subtle, even if it's just a, uh, a place of, of wrestling with doubt. I believe there's an invitation this morning to to bring specific things to Him, but to maybe bring specific relationships to Him, to bring difficult things to Him, areas where you have had challenges, and to say, God, I receive you again in this area. I believe in you again. I trust, I put all my trust in you. Maybe I've been stressing too much and I, I have to repent of that. <laughs> Maybe I've been uh, just allowing worry into my life in a certain area, allowing stress, allowing me to, you know, go into the flesh in some areas of my life. I really believe God is inviting us as a father, saying, I've given you, I've paid so much, I've, the, I've paid the highest price for this amazing gift. I'm inviting you to come again and to to receive me as Lord and King, to receive me into this area, to, to, to put your faith in me again. Amen. So let's just bring our hearts before him. I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, as we're celebrating human rights, Lord, that thank you for this most amazing right that you have purchased for us. That when we, as we put our faith in you, Lord, and as we receive you, that you give us the right to be your children, that you give us the right 
to have this intimate relationship with you, that you buy, purchase this, the right for us, Lord Jesus, to have eternal life through, the blood, through your blood. And right now, Lord, we thank you that you know every single individual here. You know every family. You know every situation. Thank you, Lord, right now that you stir our hearts. I pray that you'd put your finger on those areas that you, even when it's uncomfortable, that you're right now, that you just trigger, Holy Spirit, you convict us, Lord. Which are the areas where we need to say, Lord, come and be king in this area in my life. Lord, I can't do this in the flesh. I can't stress about it anymore. I'm at the end of my tether, Lord. Be Lord and king in this area. I believe there's some that are, are experiencing such turmoil in, in your heart and in your thoughts that I believe you need to invite Christ as Prince of Peace into that situation and yield that worry and yield that stress and yield that concern, yield that doubt to Him. Say, Lord, I, I repent of doubt, but I choose again. I yield this into your hands and say, Lord, be the Prince of Peace in my life. Be the Prince of Peace in my relationship, in my thoughts. So just wherever you are right now, wherever you're sitting or standing, just take a moment to, to allow the Holy Spirit. And if there's anything specific that's, that's stirring in your heart, I just want you to be bold right now to bring that before Him, to yield that to Him, to invite Christ again. So, Lord, I receive you for who you are in this, in this area. Just, just take a moment to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you hear every heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you meet us exactly where we're at. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that you've already paid this price. You've already bought us free. You've already made a way, new and living way, God. And we thank you again that we choose to, to walk in this way that you've made, Lord. I just feel there's one or two people here that are um, in a place of just almost like you're anxious but you're um, just desperate for God's intervention in, in, with regards to a loved one a, could be a family member and I really believe that God wants to come and minister to you that Jesus wants to just step into that area into that situation as the Prince of Peace that there's somebody that's really experiencing anguish and I just believe that as you just yield that to him, he wants to bring a peace that transcends understanding. And that I believe he wants to make his provision known and visible. Yeah, we just bring those people before you, everyone, Lord. We thank you that you know us in our deepest place, our, our most our desperate place of anguish, Lord. Thank you that you know us in that place, Lord. And we just yield those things before you right now those relationships those people even i sent somebody uh, in anguish about somebody's salvation we just yield every one of those people to you in the name of jesus lord and we thank you for peace right now in the name of jesus who speak your peace over hearts and minds we invite you lord as the prince of peace to come in to those situations in the name of jesus we thank you lord for new hope in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, God. I just thank you right now. We command every heaviness to lift, every burden to lift that is not of you. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you, God, that you destroy every yoke 
of the, of the wicked one. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, God. We look to you, Lord. We look to you and we put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.